fruit of, of real faith that, that produces a, a real new birth, what we find is that there is real love, that there is real obedience. And now we find this sort of real victory that is there. And so we're going to talk about that uh, today. Now let's look here. Verse number one says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? We've talked about this a little bit and just to kind of help bring us back into to the place. Verse 1 and verse 5 act as these bookends that show us the importance of faith. It is faith that truly ties and holds all things together. It is faith that we find that is uh, faith in Christ that brings about the new birth, that, that we are born again into the family of God, not by our works or our doing, but through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ and who He is and what He has accomplished for us. And now what we're going to see here and bring it home a little bit with this, um, these two verses, verse 4 and 5 today, is that love, obedience, and, and this victory don't come from us. They're not natural to us, but rather they become sort of supernatural. They are supernatural. They're, they're otherworldly. They come from the Lord. But what we find is that we only have these things when there is a true born-again experience. And not this sort of experiential thing where you just got the tingles on the back of your neck, you walked an aisle, said some words, went back, and you're, you're not changed. Right? If there is real faith in Christ, there is a real new birth, there will be real change. And there is an immediate change, but yet there's also a continual change that takes place as we yield to the Spirit of God. Now, in this, as we yield to the Spirit, we find that we then love God and love one another. Then there's proof of that love of God and love for one another by obeying the commands of the Lord, and His commands are not grievous. So we obey Him um, through love, and we obey Him as we love one another. And then we get to what we're talking about today, and that is verse 4 and 5, and that is victory. Now, there are many who talk about the victorious Christian life and things like this, and we have it truly, we have it really all wrong, all right? The reason why most Christians don't live a life of victory is because they're trying to find victory or attain victory when they already have it. And this is the issue that we got here, right? We're trying to find victory over things that Christ has already provided the victory for already. When Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day, according to Scripture, what did He do? He paid not just the price for our sins and not just make a way for salvation, but it is this very same way that is the means of our sanctification, of our victory over sin. If we believe that Jesus is able to bring about victory over our sin for our justification, meaning our, our salvation, the moment we're born again, why would we not think that it's that same gospel that has already secured the victory over sin throughout our life. Now you'd say, well, I still struggle with sin. Yes, you do, and yes, you will, as long as we're in the flesh. However, we have got to understand that in our flesh, at try what we will, even a saved soul that is still in the flesh is still in the flesh. And so in our flesh, we can try to turn over new leaves and right wrongs and make things better and be a better Christian. And we strive and strive and strive to do and do and do. If we could not do or work our way for salvation, what makes us think that we can do and work our way for sanctification? It does not work that way. The victory is in who? 
Jesus. Right? We sing the song, right? Victory in Jesus. That's right. It's not victory in me trying real hard. It's not victory in me. I just gotta, I gotta do better, be better. Right? No, no, no. Look back at Calvary. If Calvary is good enough for your salvation, don't you think that Calvary is good enough for your sanctification? It absolutely is. So look at this. Victory is found, and true victory is found in faithful love and obedience to the Lord. These are outflows and outpouring of real faith. And really, the moment that we have put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are now victors. We're now more than conquerors. There is now no condemnation. There is nothing that can separate us. And so greater is He that is in, in, in me than he that is in the world is what we're going to talk about here a little bit. And John has already dealt with victory over the law and victory over sin and victory over all these things. Look here. Uh, Stott writes, the reason why we do not find the commands of God burdensome, right? There's bull- pulling right off of verse 3. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. He says, the reason why we do not find the commands of God burdensome lies not, however, only in their character. It lies also in ourselves, namely that we have been given the possibility of keeping them. The commands of God today, whether found in the Old or New, Te- or Old or New Testament, appear intolerably burdensome to the world. But to the children of God, they are not because everyone born of God overcomes the world. So look at this, right? In our flesh, what do we have? We have nothing but unrighteousness. We have no strength to keep God's commands or God's laws. But what do we have the moment that we've been born again? We don't have the strength in our flesh now, right? We don't have a glorified body yet. But what do we have? We are made new creatures, new creations in Christ. We have the Holy Spirit of God Himself who dwells within us. And so we have a victory that is secured not just to save us from our sins, but then to give us victory over sin and over uh, this struggle that we have with obeying God. Now, it is a struggle at times, isn't it? But you know when you struggle the most obeying the Lord? I can tell you, because it's the same for me as it is for you. It's when we find ourselves in our flesh. When we walk in the flesh, and you might say, well, doesn't walk in the flesh mean that you're living in some sort of gross, grotesque sin? No, it does not. You can come to church in your flesh. You can sing hymns during worship time in your flesh. You can pray in your flesh. And you know what you get out of all that? Frustration. Right? We don't have our faith built up. What we have is that I'm doing this, I'm doing this. How many times, right? I'll be honest with you, I, I face this and you might have too, and if not, that's just me and that's okay. You're more sanctified than I am. Praise God. I've had times in my life where I go, Lord, I'm doing A and B, so how come I don't have C, right? I'm doing X and Y, so why don't I have C, right? Right? I can't do it with the middle part of the alphabet. We'd be in real trouble there, right? But we go, Lord, I'm doing these things, right? Come to church. Even come to Sunday school, right? Praise the Lord. Right? I listened to David Jeremiah even before I came to church. Praise God. That's good. Right? Listen to him. Be smart than I am. Right? We do these different little things, and then we go, how come I'm still frustrated? How come I still don't have victory? How come I still... Well, the issue is, we can do many spiritual things without ever doing anything spiritual. We can give the appearance of spirituality while still in our flesh. We can do what should be done in the spirit and the flesh, but what does it really do? It becomes wood, hay, and stubble. It's really nothing. It's no real offering. It's not being a living sacrifice, pleasing, acceptable unto God. 
It is doing something that we know that we ought to do, but if we do it in the flesh, is it real obedience? No. And if we do it in the flesh, do we have victory? No. The reason why we lose so many battles, the reason why we struggle so much to be a good Christian is because we're the ones struggling in our flesh. We're trying to fight our flesh with our flesh, and it doesn't work that way. Right? You ever hear fight fire with fire? Right? I mean, I guess that, you know, they do use some of that with the wildfires, I suppose, but when we're talking about with our sin, we cannot use our flesh to conquer our flesh. We have to understand that in the Spirit, it's already conquered. The victory's already won at the cross. So now, our life is to be lived as an outflow of that victory. Let me ask you, do you believe that Jesus has given victory at the cross? Yes. All right. I'm glad y'all do. All right. The rest of y'all. Jesus did that. He did. And so if we understand this truth, then it should change how we live our life because we struggle so much to try to find victory because we're, we're tired of losing battles. Or try, right? I, I get that. But here's where it's found. If you want victory in order to love the Lord, love people, right? Because that's a struggle even of itself to love people. I mean, it's hard. How about this? To obey God. It's hard, but guess what? It should not be because he just told us in verse 3 that his commands are not grievous, meaning they're not burdensome, they're not heavy. Wait a minute. They are in our flesh, aren't they? You see, when I try to obey God in my flesh, it is impossible, it is heavy, it is laborsome, but in the Spirit, his burden is light. It's easy, is what he describes. Now, as we move forward, let's look at this. He says, we look here, we see faith in Christ has given us love, obedience, and victory in all aspects of the life of the believer. We now have victory over sin and the world's system. So we are truly victorious. The issue with people who write books about victorious Christian life and people who uh, try to practice these things of living a life of victory, right? We even call ourselves victory way, right? Here's the issue is that we're trying to find victory on our own or we're trying to find victory where we already have it. And so we're struggling with something that we don't need to anymore. right? We're, we're struggling to fight something that has already been fought and won. If I could not be good enough to save myself, what makes me think that I can be good enough to then be sanctified on my own? I can't. It's grace through faith in Christ that saves. It's grace through faith in Christ that sanctifies. You see where we're getting here? We have overcomplicated the Christian life by putting ourselves into it to make ourselves try to bring about victory. If I couldn't bring about victory over my sin, what makes me think I can, you know, to save myself, what makes me think I can bring about victory in the little things of daily life? The victory's already there, so it's in living in this outflow. Notice he says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. It's already a a done deal, right? And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So it's that we have already overcome, not by anything that we have done, but by faith in what Jesus has done. And so what we've got to do is we've got to get out of the mindset of trying to try to keep fighting to find victory when victory is already there, right? We're not trying to find the victory way. We're living through the victory way. Does that make sense? 
right? It's her own namesake. It is that Christ is, it's already there. Now, does this mean that we won't struggle? No, because there's still our flesh to battle, right? But look at this. In our flesh, and when we fight our flesh with our flesh, we get frustrated. But when we see that through the Spirit of God and the victory that Christ has already won for us, that it is a whole lot easier to obey God in the Spirit than it is in the flesh. As a matter of fact, when we obey in the Spirit, we're actually obeying. When we obey in the flesh, we're just being fleshly. We're just going about and obeying God through obligation, not through obedient love. Cruz writes of this, he says, It is faith in Jesus as the Son of God which enables believers to overcome the world. In this context, the influence of the world comes primarily through the cessationists and their false teaching. If we remember back, um, and, and as he's going to deal with a little bit later, it's those who have left the faith, those who have, have gone about. He says, To overcome the world, the readers must persist in their faith in him despite the propaganda of cessationists. There were these were antichrists who have left the faith. They have left the true faith in Christ because they have taken the opinion that either Jesus was not in the flesh and that he was some sort of spirit or God, or they believe that he um, was only in the flesh and was not God. So we see the issues there. He says, in 1 John, the Son of God is virtually equivalent to the word Christ. It was only those who held the belief that Jesus is the Son of God who could be said to have overcome the world. The cessationists who denied these things were, as far as the author was concerned, still part of the world and subject to the power of the evil one. What we see is that in the Spirit, are we subject to the world system? No. In Christ, in the Spirit of God, in our new birth, are we subject to being conquered and being slaves to sin any longer? No. You don't believe me? Good. Here's what Romans 6 says, right? Look at this. It's pretty simple. He says in verse 18, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. Meaning, we, we couldn't. We were servants of sin only. We were not servants of Jesus. We were not servants of righteousness. We only did that which was sinful, the selfish. He says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. We no longer have to serve sin. And the reason why you and I serve sin is because that's what we choose in our flesh. Our flesh naturally wants to do what the flesh wants to do. The flesh only wants the temporary, carnal, and fleshly things. But the Spirit wants the eternal, the pure, the righteous things. It wants the spiritual things. Because the flesh cannot understand the spiritual. Only the Spirit can. And so the Spirit of God has shown us through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that victory is already won. Now, there are some, though, who take this to the extreme and say that it is possible in the, Christian, uh, in the life of the Christian on this earth that you can get to a place where you no longer sin. There are a lot of folks who believe that. I want you to know, it sounds nice, it would be nice, but you and I will struggle with sin until we put off this flesh. How do I know? Well, what are we told in uh, 1 Corinthians? 
1 Corinthians is, is very clear about this in, in chapter 15, dealing with the resurrection, dealing with the gospel. He says, um, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So, when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is a law, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, is victory already there? Yes. Victory is there. It has been accomplished. However, what we find is that there is still this struggle, and the Apostle Paul talked about this struggle in Romans 7, that the things that he's supposed to do, he doesn't do, and the things he's not supposed to do, he does do. Oh, wretched man that I am. But then he gets to chapter 8, and what does he say immediately in the first verse? There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about what it means to walk in the flesh, what it means to walk in the Spirit, and that following after the, the Spirit, we have so much more life. And that your life, or if you will, your victorious Christian life, is found in abiding in Jesus. It's found in knowing Him. It's found in living out of what He has already done for us. This is why we say a lot, and we're going to continue to say a lot, that we do not outgrow the Gospel. The gospel does not just save, but it's the gospel that sanctifies. It is the gospel that you and I need to return to daily uh, in the battle against our flesh and the battle against the spiritual things that come against God's people. It is the gospel that reminds us that victory is won. Not only did Jesus uh, pay that price on the cross, but where is the victory as well found? We just read about it in 1 Corinthians. At the very first portion of that chapter, what does he say? This is the gospel. That Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the Scripture. He rose again the third day. What does that mean? He has victory. And that victory is not just promised to Him or given to Him, but rather He gives that victory to us. That He told us at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning this, it is possible to have victory now in your Christian life, and one day there will be a full and final victory victory it is this idea that the war is already won and yet there's still battles going on that's sort of the strange thing about the spiritual life isn't it right christ has already conquered my sin he has already conquered and i'm already seated in heavenly places right that's the final victory it's already won i'm in christ but yet there's these daily little battles because every day is a battle we have to understand that if we don't we're going to lose the battles that's why we do lose battles but in those little battles Right, that we face now, we've got to understand that if I see that the victory is already won, then what does that mean? That there can be victory now as I live out of an outflow of trusting in that same gospel that has brought the full victory that in this nasty now and now that we can see victory over sin. We can see victory in our lives. All of us would say we want to live a life of victory. It's even on a sign Yet most of us don't have it because we think that Christ accomplished the victory to get us to heaven, but hasn't accomplished the victory to fight our sin and our flesh. But He 
has. It's already there. The gospel is good enough to save your soul. The gospel is good enough to sanctify you. Now, as we look here, we see that the victorious Christian life is not based upon your victories, but His victory at the cross. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. He says, For if our heart condemn us, and it does often, doesn't it? He says, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. How about 1 John 4, 4? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So where is the victory? It is not only at the cross, but it is then at the outpouring and outflow of that, that Christ is in me and I in Him. Here, Sorensen writes, Clearly implied is that one who is truly saved will in due season overcome the world in his life. He may not always be all that he ought to be, nor do all that he ought to do. But if he has been truly born again, he will overcome the world in his living. The converse is sinister. One claiming to be saved, but who never gets over his or her love of the world and the things thereof has never been truly saved. Common experience in the Christian life sadly would indicate that the number of the latter are legion. The simple spiritual weapon by which we overcome the world is faith. We are saved by faith. And as we begin to grow in grace, we learn to live by faith. And by faith, we learn that the promises of God are far better than anything the world can offer. The thought parallels what the writer of Hebrews wrote regarding Moses and how by faith he rejected the pleasures of sin in Egypt. Here, Sorensen writes, I think, kind of masterfully about understanding this, is that where is our love found? Faith. Where is obedience found? Faith. Where is victory found? Faith. But let's go a little bit further. It's not just any old faith, but it's true saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done. This is why there are countless today throughout the world who have lots of faith, but don't have salvation. Because it matters what you put your faith in or who you put your faith in, doesn't it? You can put your faith in a tree or a golden idol. At the end of the day, it will still be a tree and a golden idol that it took man's hands to form. We must put our faith in Christ and Christ alone. That's why even faith in church membership will send you to hell. Faith in just baptism. Still the same result. Faith in being a deacon or a servant or going to church or being a good person, right? No. Faith in Christ. Without true faith in Jesus and what He has done and in who He is, there is no salvation. There is no new birth. And out of that new birth, what do we then find? Not only that we've been saved by faith, but then now we live by faith. And as we live by faith in Christ and what He has done and in who He is, because He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, that's when we find love, obedience, and victory. So your victory cannot be by your own faithfulness, but rather your victory is found in faith in the one who is called faithful and true. Your victory is found 
and faith in Jesus, who He is and what He has done. Now, Sorensen writes here about this and talks about this. The, the issue is that there are many who have never left a love of the world. Now, the issue of the day is that they faced it in John's day, but we're facing it in our day, certainly, aren't we? That we live in the world, but yet we are called not of the world because Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, is what he says. We are told in Romans chapter 12 about this idea. He says, Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, right? It's not burdensome. Why? Because we have a new birth, is the idea. And he be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, what's the perfect will of God? For us to live a life of faith, which then produces in our life love, obedience, and victory. The will of God is for us to submit to Him by faith. If I walk by my flesh and not by faith, what do I find? I find frustrations. I find uh, battles being lost. I find sin overwhelming me and overtaking my life. And it does not take long, does it? You get out of, of reading and praying for a couple of days, and you know what? You don't even feel like you can start again, can you? You feel like either one, oh, I just can't start again, or I've or I got to wait to a certain time, or, or God won't take me back. You hear all these things in your mind. And John's already dealt with that. Your heart's condemned. You will, God's greater than your heart. If you've been struggling now with finding victory over sin, guess what? There's victory there now. Trust in that. Walk in it, and you will not receive it by your faithfulness, but rather by faith in Christ. What He has done. Not only do we need saving faith to save, but then saving faith and real saving faith always produces what is called living faith. Living by faith gives us a life of victory through loving obedience to Christ. We find that love and obedience and victory aren't quite that separate, but rather they're just this part of faith. Trust, confidence, dependence on the Lord. Living by faith is what allows us to love and obey God. You know, the times in your life and in my life when we don't obey the Lord, they're times of you in your flesh. You know the times where you don't feel so loving to others, to the church, even to the Lord? In your flesh. We can do loving things in the flesh without ever truly loving because real love must be done by and through faith. And so living by faith, what it does here is it allows us to truly experience the love that God has for us and the love that we can now have for Him, the love that God has for His people and the love that we now can have for His people. It allows us to have a life of obedience. And when I obey the Lord, am I in sin? No, because I'm obeying Him. And when I'm obeying Him, it's because I'm walking with Him. I'm walking before Him. I'm walking by faith in Him. And in that, we do find victory. But living by flesh results in a lack of love and a lack of obedience toward God. 
when I'm in my flesh, and yes, Pastor Joe gets in his flesh sometimes, and we are not obeying the Lord as we should. Even as Paul said, I'm not doing what I know to do. When you've been truly born again, the Holy Spirit of God resides in you. You don't know all that you need, or you don't know all that there is to know, but rather you know in that moment all that you actually really need to know. And that is this. God's grace, faith in Christ. That is truly the solution to our spiritual problems in life. Understanding that God has given grace through this and that we trust Him through this, that He will see us through whatever it may be. And that it does not... You take a baby who's been born into the world. What happens? No one has to teach that baby that that baby's got to take time and eat or sleep. The baby knows those things already. The baby comes out looking for food, nourishment, and a place to sleep, right? That's it. Pretty simple life, right? Nevertheless, when we talk about spiritual things, you are born knowing that you must eat, that you must rest. But you know that you must do those things only in Christ because it is Christ who saved you. See, true faith gives us true victory. And in that victory, we will find a continued loving obedience in the word, work, and will of God. Victory is found in obedience. Victory is found in love. Victory is found in in faith. But there is no victory without faith. And we find that as we love, we have victory. As we have obedience, we have victory. We see how all these come together. We find all of them in what Christ has accomplished for us. So who are the overcomers? He says in verse 5, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So all those who have truly trusted Jesus by faith now live by faith, which produces a life of love, obedience, and victory. It's already there. It's found in Christ. The issue is if there is no real faith, in Jesus, then there will not be this threefold fruit of faith. Consequently, there will be no victory for that soul. So if we want victory, and you're in Christ, stop trying so hard to find victory on your own, and trust in the victory that is already there, which you have seen and experienced the moment you put your faith in Jesus. And the moment you put your faith in Jesus, All these things become an outflow of the beautiful gospel of what He has done for us. Faith brings love, but love is by faith. Faith brings obedience, but obedience is by faith. Faith brings victory, but victory is by faith. And all of that is rooted in Christ. I want you and I to find some rest, some comfort, Knowing that the harder I try, the more frustrated I get. Does not mean that we go off in the world, but rather, the more I yield to the Lord and to the victory that is already there, the more I find victory. The more I yield by faith to the Lord Jesus and His love for me, the more I find a love for Him and a love for others. You see how this goes together? The Christian life has been so overcomplicated by us that we can't understand the simplicity or the power or the victory that is found 
and simple, childlike faith in Jesus. And we get back to the simplicity of trusting, believing the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. We're grateful for your goodness, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you that you would allow us to have your word and to be able to study your word. I pray, God, that we would understand the simplicity of what it means to put our trust and faith in you. God, I pray that you would stir within our hearts. Help us now to to worship you in spirit and in truth. Prepare our hearts for the word to come. And God, that you would be glorified in all things that we say and do today. We love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.